Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. Today is Wednesday, March 18th, and this might officially be the weirdest week of all time. So, obviously, I'm going to talk today about the coronavirus, the quarantine, the just absolute craziness that's going on in the world. I mean, there's really not much else to talk about at this point. So, last Friday was our first day here in Boston working from home, kind of being, you know, told you should be staying inside. Hadn't been mandated yet, but was something that was like, okay, you should be doing this. By Sunday, Boston had completely shut down. Nobody going to work, basically. Bars, restaurants, clubs, basically anything that wasn't a supermarket or pharmacy closed. It is... I think like unlike anything I have certainly ever seen, I think probably unlike anything most Americans have ever seen, it is insane. Uh, a very strange week. The stock market's been up and down. Travel's been closed uh, since I, you know, since literally last Wednesday's podcast. The NBA, the MLB, the NHL, uh, any sort of soccer events around the world. The Kentucky Derby, there have been every major event that you can possibly think of has been canceled. Um, it is kind of unprecedented, uncharted waters at the moment. Um, and it is also St. Patrick's Day that I'm recording this. Uh, and so it's just a weird, weird feeling where you're in Boston, this Irish town, where nobody is out celebrating, drinking Guinness and drinking Jameson. Um, it's kind of just a very eerie feeling. I don't think anybody knows how long it's going to go on. You know, there's of course lots of speculation, lots of guesses and estimates, but really nobody has any clue what is happening. Um, we're just kind of taking it, taking it day by day and seeing, seeing where things take us. But for now, for the foreseeable future, I would say we are quarantined, locked in. I've spent more hours in my bedroom over the last five days than I probably have in the last five months. Um, but you know, that's, that's the card that we're dealt right now. And so we're making the best of it. Uh, and if you thought for one second that the podcast was going to stop just because a little virus, I do all my interviews remotely. I can call in from anywhere. So that's no that doesn't change anything for me. We are back this week with another episode, another interview. We're going to keep them rolling however long this thing lasts. We're going to keep the interviews coming. Uh and on this week's episode, I'm very excited about a very special guest that we have. So, the guest on today's show is Sophia D'Angelo. Uh and we used to work together at an ad agency. Uh, but she has since gone on to 
now start her own company as an events and experiential marketing planner agency. And so I reached out to her a few weeks ago saying, hey, I'd love to chat. What you're doing is amazing. I see all these unbelievable parties that she's throwing, like, you know, literally these massive events that she's putting on uh, in the Boston, New England area. And she says to me, oh, by the way, would you mind if we talked about I also uh, starred in a Bravo show last summer? And so I said, of course, we can talk about that. Um, And so Sophia is an incredibly talented and inspired entrepreneur. Uh, She started her own company called BEG Events. uh, And last summer, she appeared on the Bravo reality TV series called uh, Camp Getaway, which is basically she was kind of a summer camp for adults counselor last summer. Uh, and Bravo filmed the whole thing, and the new show comes out on in just over a month now. April 20th is the first episode, uh, so we got to talk a little bit about that. She's super smart and driven, and her story of kind of how she created her company, basically out of being laid off from her job, uh, is pretty inspiring, and it was a great interview and great getting, catching up with her, and you know, as an added bonus, got to hear some insights into the world of reality television. So with that, we, you know, the coronavirus is not going to stop us. We are back with another episode this week and I will turn it over to Sophia D'Angelo of BG Events on this week's episode of Destination Different. some experience you know working in events and project managing and doing all that but like what was the the tipping point of like okay I want to go out on my own and sort of start my own thing so I'm in the project management role and I like loved working there but I got so bored yeah I was like I could do this in my sleep but I loved the people I loved you know the lifestyle it was providing me all that good stuff I was like I'm not ready to leave this yet but I know eventually I need something more challenging and like definitely need something more creative. I Mm -hmm. think that's, you know, the creative part of any job I've ever had is always my favorite part. So I just knew I needed something with like a little bit more to it. So I started Boston Experiential Group as a side hustle. Um, I was like, I'll just do this on the side. You know, I'll do some parties for friends, like do some like maybe some nonprofit stuff, you know, kind of combine like outside interests. Um, But I planned a launch party because I was like, you know, I could say this forever, but unless I like really announce it to the world and get myself totally set up, it's not going to happen, right? It's right. super easy to like brush side hustles to the side. So I was like a launch party. That's it. Like I'll tell everyone in the room, my website has to be ready. My business cards have to be ready. My business plan has to be done, like everything. And I planned that um, for, it was October of 2018. Okay. And it was uh, Halloween weekend. Cause I was like, I want to pick like an event to like yep. do it around. And like I'm obsessed with Halloween. So I did a haunted voodoo jazz club for my okay. um, party. So think like underground New Orleans. Like I had like actors in full zoot suit, but also full like skeleton makeup and masks. Yeah. Like, I had a six piece um, New Orleans brass band come in like halfway through. Like it was a blast, right? So yep. I do that on a Thursday, Thursday night. Took off Friday from work. So I was like, I need to like clean up the venue. I know I'm going to be hungover. Like 
it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I walked back into work on Monday morning and they laid off my entire department. Wow. So I remember walking out of the building and as you know, the company had been going through some layoffs. So it wasn't yep. that shocking, but for an entire department to be wiped out was pretty right. shocking. Um, so I remember leaving. So you're like, well, I guess it's real now. And I was like, well, universe, I guess I, like this is the sign I needed. Um, so yeah, I just decided, I was like, I might as well give it a try. If there's ever going to be a time to do it, it's right now. And I just thought to myself, you know, if I fail, I fail. And like, I go back and I get another job. Like it's not the end of the world, but I'm going to kick myself if I don't like take this right. and really try. And I, you know, I'm super fortunate. I have worked in Boston, you know, for seven, eight years now and have had a lot of connections through different jobs. Um, so as soon as people heard about the layoffs, which, you know, went around our industry very quickly, um, I just had a ton of people reach out with referral work yeah. and it just like snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's been two years. Have a look back, which is pretty cool. Wow. So in those first couple months, it sounds like it was kind of referral based of like people were like, hey, was it, you know, is that the question of, hey, can you help me play yeah. this party for myself? Like I saw you did this. Is that kind of how it went? Yes and no. I also, so there were people reaching out with random opportunities, but I also feel like I did so much random stuff on my own and like proactively was just like, at the time was like, I'll do anything. Like right. need to make money. I like, it was a holiday. So I like did some retail store windows, like design and stuff, which was super fun. I ended up doing like personal holiday decor for this huge, huge, like multi-million dollar home in Hopkinton. Really random. Yeah. Um, I did anything I could while I was really just like developing the business and kind of working towards projects I wanted to. I was yeah. like, you name it, I did it. I was like freelance line producer on a couple shoots through a friend. Like I was just whatever I could do to make more connections and start talking at my business. Um, yeah. I was like, no, can't hurt. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, that's wild. So you're sort of like self-funding this like, you know, business for yourself pretty much. Um, and that, was there like a moment where you said like, okay, like I, I don't need to, like all of these odd jobs you're not necessarily doing that you're like, okay, I've kind of arrived. Like there's like a couple events in a row or a couple experiences that you're doing that you're like, okay, I feel like I've got my, my footing a little bit. Yeah. So I'd say probably still about 50, 50, 50% of what we do is real brand work, right? So it's real brand experience, consumer activations, um, sponsorship strategy, everything for mo mostly CPG brands, just cause that's where my background is. Yep. Um, and the other 50% is like pure event production. So that's like the pop-ups that I do on my own private parties, nonprofit work, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and that 50% of the brand stuff, I got a really big client that basically carried me through my first year. Yeah. Um, I got super lucky through a friend who works in PR. She knew someone who needed help with like brand experience. Um, and it was this launch, like newly launched cold brew coffee company in the back bay. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know the extent of what my work was going to be for them. I thought my first project was just to put together a sponsorship strategy, right? So, right. you know, learn a lot about their brand and their, their consumer and where they were going and their shopping habits, all that good stuff, right? And then from there, put together a recommendation of all the events I thought they should sponsor, or at least show up at, have some yep. sort of presence. And, you know, I gave them a ton of options, right? I had only met the client like twice. I wanted to kind of feel out what they were going to like. <laughs> I presented that deck and they're like, okay. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, we want to do all of them. Oh, I had like over 35 events in that yeah. deck. Like 
I mean, this is a brand new little client. So right. You're not thinking like, oh, they're, they may pick like one or two. No, I thought, yeah, especially because I didn't even really know what markets. Like I just went for New England. So I had everything from events from like Nantucket to Vermont to like greater Boston to like Boston Metro. And they were like, yeah, we want to do all of them. So that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that came about like four months or so after I had started. And I knew at that point, um, I'd finally hit a point where I couldn't do all of my work myself. Yeah. And I think that's when I finally realized like, oh, this is probably going to work, um, yeah. which is a really cool feeling. <laughs> and so that's a good sign. I think a good feeling like did, yeah. so as that happened, did you start to bring on other full-time employees? Like, were you bringing in freelancers? How did you, cause it's always interesting. Like I have talked to people. It's very, you see so many podcasts, like in like interviews where people are like, well, this is how I did it. And it's like, so like retroactive looking, but it's nice to talk to people who are like still in the mix of like, building out yeah. their business. So as yeah. that happened to you, like what was the process like of like starting to build out your team? Yeah. So everything was freelance at first. Um, you know, I realized right away that I needed so many different roles, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I needed graphic designers. I needed copywriters. I needed other like event producers. I needed people in like research roles. Right. Cause a lot yeah. of what I do is a lot of research and background. It can be done remotely. It doesn't necessarily, you know, need to be done sitting in a desk next to me. Um, right. And I needed photographers and I needed videographers and I just needed a lot of different people. Um, as soon as like more jobs kept rolling in. So I was like, you know, freelance is hundred percent the way to go right now. Yeah. Um, that definitely has changed over the past year. And, um, I'm at a point where I'm like dying to have someone full time, maybe two people full time and then yep. this freelancer. But I'm sure as you know, like a lot goes into that. Um, and it's so much easier, especially when I'm figuring everything else out right now to just like pay contractors, right. rather than have employees. There's like a whole nother level of like madness that comes on having a full-time employee and just yep. keeping things legal and all that good stuff. So it's, so do you ever, do you ever find time to sleep? I guess is my question. Like as still, you know, you're still, I, I think it says on your Instagram, El Jefe, which I really appreciated. Like <laughs> as El Jefe, do you find time to like balance life and find time uh, for yourself? And like most of these things that you're throwing are seemingly, you know, ex parties at nighttime or like, you know, events that are going till two, three in the morning. Like how do you balance your life with the event, like kind of craziness? Um, that's, you know, for like, as hard as I've worked this year, I think that's been like the hardest piece of it. It's, I've never had a job where my job became before everything else. And honestly, yeah. for the last year and a half, almost two years, like my job just has come before everything else, but yep. it's like a real decision for like a, a real personal decision versus someone telling you that like your job has to overrule your life. Right. If that makes sense. Like I, I love it so much that there hasn't been too many times where I'm like, Oh, I'm so mad. I'm missing X, Y, Z. Cause I have to be at work. It's just, it's just like one and the same. Like my work is my life right now. I know that's not totally healthy. Yeah. That's like something I'm working on. Um, but no, I mean, it's been fun. It's, it's exhausting. And yeah, I don't sleep a lot. There have been, you know, nights I'm at an event until like three in the morning and I have to be back at seven for cleanup and like, yeah. it just is what it is. But you know, my schedule is my own and that's, what's always drove me to want to be an entrepreneur and to want to own my own thing is I just don't want to live my life on someone else's hours. Like yeah. I am, well, I'm not afraid of hard work. Like I will do the work. I will get it done. I will go above and beyond, but like, I want to do it when I want to do it, right. you know, to have to be 
sitting at a desk just because society thinks I have to work from nine to five. Like, no, like I actually get more done, way more done now that I don't have those restrictions. Yeah. Um, it's nice to be able to like take a break and like make dinner or go to the gym and then get back on my computer or maybe the next morning, like I'm tired. Okay. Sleep until eight. Who cares? You yeah. know? Um, so I just have been learning to kind of change my schedule and like get a little more flex with things. Yeah. Um, which can be weird at times too. It's like the weird guilt thing when you're used to working in those yep. like nine to five hours. So you're like, Oh my God, I didn't work all afternoon, but like, Oh wait, I worked until 11 last night. You know? Yeah. So um, I always, I'd like to ask this because, uh, it, it varies so much from person to person, but like, how do you currently in this sort of like free flowing world, like s- sort of structure your days? Like, do you have like a, okay, I wake up and I'm going to do our billing at this time. Like, do you have that? Or is it totally dependent um, on like what's going on? It's, I would say work-wise, no. It's totally dependent on what's going on. I spend at least 50% of my week, if not more, in meetings. So I just do everything around that. Um, I have like a couple client meetings that are like standing. So like I know how my days are going to go. Yep. Um, and do you aside- have like, do you have like ongoing clients in addition to like sort of one-off projects? Is that how it's yeah. structured? Yeah. I would say like half of my stuff is ongoing right now. It's working with brands um, and the other half is one-off. And you know, there's definitely pros and cons to both, but it's nice to have that mix because yep. especially as you know, someone in my position, having any sort of sense of like steady income projections is really nice. It's right. like, okay, I'm doing this really huge event, but I'm not going to see the, you know, second half of the payment until six months from now when the event right. is, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit of both. And yeah, my weeks are, they're all over the place. <laughs> There's no, I block my calendar off all the time and I'm like, you're going to sit down and you're going to, you know, pay and pay contracts or whatever. And I, it never happens. I just, yeah. do you you, um like do you have an event is there like an event every week that you're working on like how is how does that flush out um yeah I definitely think January and February were very slow which makes complete sense and I was super thankful for because holidays were so crazy um events will definitely you know there's a season it's definitely you know starting up especially in New England because I'm mostly doing events in New England yeah you know they May through like September are really busy and then it gets a little quiet and then November and October, uh, December are crazy again. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I said, I do have those clients, some that are um, year round, which is good. Gotcha. Is there a favorite event that you've like done in your, you know, you've almost at this like year and a half, two years now, like, is there one thing that stands out as like, I'm most proud of, or that was my favorite X? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I've done so many different types of events, but I did a really cool one actually like two weeks ago that probably is one of my favorites. Um, just because I really supported it on like a personal level, which is always, you know, amazing to find that connection in your work. Um, it was a launch event for a company. Um, it was a new mattress company and it's really cool. It's a brother and sister duo who are also really young entrepreneurs started their own company. They're from Curacao. So they made these fully sustainable mattresses and part of the proceeds from every mattress goes back to um, rain conservation, which is something else I'm really into. So yeah. um, we, they hired me. It's been a long time. This project has been like almost since I started. So over a year yeah. and they hired me first to come up with all the ideas of what they could do for the launch party. And it, you know, trickled down to a lot of different things. And then there were issues with making the mattresses, which prolonged it, which made the event switch again and all this stuff. And so finally, after a year, we did this, um, I think we had close to a hundred people, a yoga event, oh, wow. like a 
fully immersive, like underwater yoga experience. So with the lighting and we had like, you know, you walked in, you felt like you're in a fishbowl. It was like, everything was blue that we had amazing lighting. So, um, when you're laying on the ceiling, it was like textured lighting to look like ocean. So when yeah. everyone started and ended the class, like laying on their back like that, um, we had palm trees, we had a steel drum, um, band playing. It was just like super like calming and soothing and, and it was cool. It was just cool to see, you know, that long and that many switches, um, of an event kind of finally play out and people like who were there just loved it. So that's yep. And then to build off of that, is there, I always like to ask everybody this because at one point somebody's going to land one of these like clients or, or projects and I'm going to take a cut of it. But <laughs> is there like a dream project, event, brand, partner that you would want to work with or throw an event for or whatever it might be? Yeah. Um, that's there's a hundred. I like, don't even know where to start with that one. I am a huge music person. I would absolutely love, um, to get into like the festival space, but I would want to do it on a much smaller, smaller level. So yeah. throwing like super high end, small concerts of like, I don't know, like Dave Matthews with 200 people on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Like I would love to find like, to create like really small curated music experiences. Cause my biggest complaint all the time when I, someone comes into town, I want to see, I'm like, oh, they're at that massive venue. And like, right. that's not where I want to see them. And I don't want to spend a couple hundred bucks to like barely be able to see them. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of my dream to make some sort of cool series, whether it's at one venue or it's a rotating venue of these small, like hyper local music experiences. So that's cool. And it sounds like you're doing most stuff in like the Boston, New England area right now. Like, do you have plans or visions to expand beyond that, uh, like geographic footprint, um, that might be yeah. hinging on like building out a team or whatever it might be. But like, is that in your, your future? Do you think? Yeah, we just landed a couple of our first, um, like out of New England area events this year, two in California and one in Texas, which I'm really excited about um, wow. for a new brand, which is awesome. Um, a lot of stuff's getting impacted right now by Corona. So we'll sure. see how that actually ends up going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started this company and with, you know, obviously want to be super successful, want to do well, but more than that, I just really wanted to be happy and I wanted yeah. to make enough to support the kind of life I want to lead. And, you know, the life I want my kids to have. And mm -hmm. I didn't really think that like national scaling is like what I was trying to do, become this mega agency. Um, and I've honestly found there's so much work here, like an incredible amount, like everywhere yeah. you look, especially in this industry, um, that I don't really have plans. That's not like, it's not really on the radar, but it is kind of nuts as things come in. It's so hard to turn anything down. Like yeah. I had to turn down my first job a couple of weeks ago and it like, killed me. That's a big I, step. Yeah, it's a good step. But it killed me. And I was like, oh, maybe I should be scaling. Like, there's always more, right? Right. Uh, there's always more you can do. And there's always more opportunities out there. So we'll see. I don't know. I, if you'd asked me this question a year ago, I've been like, now we're staying in New England. But now I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Are you at a point now where it's like, people are coming to you versus your sort of marketing yourself like do you do any real like marketing for your agency at all or is it mostly people coming into no. you i honestly i haven't done any pitching yet 
I like spent all this time getting like decks ready and kept thinking like, okay, when things slow down, I'm going to want to reach out to X, Y, Z. Like I have my targets, like my list is there, Yeah. but I just had, you know, I've had so much work rolling in, which is awesome. I think my website has been huge and like I've spent a lot of time and work with people on like SEO and stuff and the amount of leads that have come in just from that are pretty cool. Yeah. And I geek out on that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, I'm fortunate where I'm at the point where stuff's just kind of coming in organically. Um, but it, again, that's kind of like an unsettling feeling too. Cause sometimes I'm like, what am I, I should be doing more. Like yeah. if this is coming in without, with so little effort, like what would happen if I tried a little Right. <laughs> It sounds like you're trying pretty hard, I would say, yeah, but maybe right. just not in like bringing people in. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe to switch gears a little bit, like obviously you have this business and you dropped this bomb on me a few weeks ago when I asked if you were, like wanted to do this interview. So out of, out of nowhere, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, I was on, I filmed this show for Bravo last summer and it's launching in a few weeks. Can we talk about that too? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so how did that, so the show is called, what is it? Getaway Camp, Camp Getaway? Camp Getaway, yeah. Camp Getaway. How the, how the hell did you get involved in that? Well, I had been with my company or started my company, gosh, I guess at least for six or seven months. So mm -hmm. I was like fully in the throngs of everything. I was, you know, like you said, not sleeping, basically working 80 hour work weeks. Yeah. Um, and found out about this camp and um it's been around forever it's absolutely gorgeous it's in the berkshires it's like 300 acres um and it's a normal camp you know during the week and then god for 30 plus years every weekend it's been adults only really which is amazing yeah and it's okay. about about 300 people who come in every weekend um mostly like tri-state area just because of where it's located um, but it's my mission to get more Boston people there because the camp is so fun. Yeah. So much fun. Um, yeah. And so I got the opportunity and I knew they were filming a show there and, um, I wasn't really sure about it at first. I've never, you know, I've been done plenty of things behind a camera and producer roles and, you know, brand being on shoots and things like that, but never, right. it's never been like a dream. Like, Oh, I want to be famous or I want to be on TV or whatever. Um, yeah. But it was such a cool opportunity, like the whole setup, like being at the camp that like just appealed to me so much. Um, and, you know, I have a new company and yeah. that exposure is never a bad thing. Um, and yeah, I went, I, I got all the details and I wasn't sure. And I went back and forth. And in the end, I realized as cheesy as it sounds, the only reason I was going to say no is because I was scared. And yeah. I was like, that's dumb. You don't say no to something that's amazing because you're scared. Like, right. you just do it, right? So it was kind of like jumping into this job. It was like the universe put this in my path for a reason. Like I'm just going to go for it. And it turned out to be like the most incredible experience ever. Okay. So I have, I have a lot of questions, I think. <laughs> um, so I guess one, like what was your role on the show? So there's obviously this big like campground that people yeah. flock to every weekend. And yeah. what was like, how, what were you a like, were you visiting? Were you, uh, how did yeah, that all work? So, no. So we're full-time working at this camp. Well, full-time every weekend working at this camp. But, okay. um, what they do is they have counselors who are there and people who are their directors, a lot of people who 
you know, make this camp run. Right. But then yep. every weekend they bring in like 20 to 25, what they call social coordinators. Yeah. So you come to the camp um, and your job is to lead different like camp activities. Like I led hikes. I learned archery, taught people archery. I was doing like, uh, like, I don't even know, you name it. We were doing ropes courses yep. and they had like, um, like bungee trampolines and water skiing and like anything you can imagine. Like I'm doing a terrible job giving it. Yeah. But, um, so your job as a social coordinator is you get assigned a couple activities a day to like lead. And then outside of that, your like bigger job is just to make sure everyone's having fun. Yeah. So it's like you got to make sure everyone feels included. Like just every, if there, it's like almost like customer experience, um, yep. like customer service type role. Right. So it's just like, if anyone needs anything, like you're on it, but you're there to like facilitate the fun. Yep. Um, so yeah, so they do that every weekend. So, um, for the show, they filmed eight of us who were there every single weekend all summer. Uh -huh. We all had kind of, kind of more specific roles within that even. So for example, I was assigned to help with the parties every night, which is why yep. they brought me in. So they do these super elaborate theme parties each night of the weekend. Um, and guests get so into it. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so I got to help with like set, like setting things up, like figuring out cool activities, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Wow. So okay. So you're, so would you like plan? So obviously you're kind of being brought in because you have this background in event experiential planning. Like, are you planning these parties of, Hey, here's this underground new Orleans jazz party. Like, yeah. And is that part of your responsibility? Well, no. So there's a director of events who was there. Um, and so he had the tough job of like coming up with all of the stuff. And I just got there and got to do whatever he told me, which I loved because yep. coming from a role of like, Oh my God, I've got to come up with everything. <laughs> yeah. And so I got there and this um, man, Gary, who was like, I was just obsessed with from the moment I met him. He's such a great guy. Um, I was just kind of like his right hand with whatever he needed. Um, but he, I mean, I can't wait for you to see this. I, I wish I could like tell you more, but like, they are so like intricate, the parties and like detailed and like the yeah. themes are incredible. They just like, they go all out. Like it's, it's like do cool. guests. So do guests know the theme in advance to oh, coming? Yeah. You, get, you get plenty of time to know the theme. Okay. People, that's what I was curious about. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's different like themed happy hours. They have live music. They have like these crazy parties that go super late, like different DJs coming in and out, different like forms of entertainment. Like it's pretty cool. They, they like pull out all the stops. Yeah. And were you, I guess, were you ever a camp counselor as a kid? I wasn't a counselor, but I did go to camp. So I grew up in Texas and um, went to camp in Arkansas, actually. In okay. the Ozarks. Yeah. Two weeks every summer. So it was cool. I mean, being back at camp and just like getting to be a kid again on the weekends is like, it's just fun. It was so fun. So were you still doing your, like, you were still doing BEG during the week till whenever on Friday and then would like drive out to the Berkshires? Is that kind of how it was? exactly how it was um i was really lucky at that point when i decided to do it i brought in some of the freelancers i'd been working with um just for more hours and basically like had two really really strong or maybe three really strong girls who knew i was going to be doing this and ish they knew i was going to be unavailable basically yeah. um for the weekends and they really like took the reins on like some of the weekend events that we had planned which was awesome um same thing with my clients i just told them like I, like I said, I was working at a venue in Connecticut on the weekends and it was hard to get, going to be hard to get cell service, which is true. Yeah. Um, 
and just prepped everyone and it was fine. But yeah, dude, it was exhausting. I, at one point I counted my calendar and it'd been like 68 or 69 days. I hadn't had a day off. Oh, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> this show, was it like every week? How many weeks was it during the summer? Like um, I the think entire we, summer? Yeah. We, well, we started um, like June to through the end of the season, which is usually like um, Labor Day. And then they do like a fall weekend, which was fun. So we went yeah. back in October and did like a pre-Halloween weekend, which was amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess how was it, you know, you said you've been behind the camera before. And you've done some of that stuff, but how was it being on the other side and being on camera? You know, at first it definitely was challenging. It was not used to it at all. Having that many eyes on you was like, you know, a little nerve wracking. Um, but, and this is good, again, going to sound pretty cliche, but by like the second weekend, I was like, I didn't even know the cameras were there because we were so busy. We were working yeah. so much. Like, you know, it was, it was tough work. And it, as for as fun as it was, it was like, we'd finish the job and then we'd party and then we'd go to back to bed and like the guests could sleep in, but we'd have to get up. So, yeah. um, it was so like nonstop that like, I didn't even think about the cameras. Really? And so are there like, are, are there going to be sections of this show where you're like, you're talking directly to camera and they're interviewing you? Like, is that part of the way that the show is sort of set up? Yep, it's you know I don't know if you watched any Bravo before. I'm sure. I'm not the big. I haven't before. really gotten deep into the Bravo world, but I have. I've I've dabbled. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah, interviews are part of it for sure. Okay, um, is there anything that after the whole summer's over, you've gone through this whole filming experience that you're like dreading to see on the show? Um, no. I mean, emotions were high. Like I said, we were very busy and I mean, I don't, it's hard to remember since it's March now and we're all freezing, but like it was a very hot summer and yep. we didn't have AC and we're doing a lot of physical work. Um, so emotions were high. There was a couple of times I cried, but you know, what are you going to do? Yep. <laughs> and you know what? My, my worst crying episode was already in the trailer. So I've already seen it. So I'm like, okay. There you go. It's already okay. out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, did. I guess like as part of this, like, are you, are you still close with the cast? Like, you know, it sounds like there was, was there maybe a larger cast that like wasn't on the show, but it was really like this core group that was, you know. Yeah. There was, there were way more people running the camp, obviously. Cause like I said, they have, I don't even know how many kids they have during the week, hundreds of kids during the week. And then 300 people on the weekend requires a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they did just follow um, mainly the eight of us. Um, you also get to meet the camp director um, and the camp owner as well. So they're in it a lot too. Um, but yes, there was a lot of other people, people running things as well. We just, okay. they just kind of focused on us. <laughs> and are you like still close with this group? Are you guys going to like all watch the show together? Like how does that work now well, having been with this crew? These humans are amazing. Like that if nothing else good came out of it and you know, it did, but if nothing else came out of this, like these people are awesome. And like, we went through, you know, such a crazy new experience together. Um, you'll see some people who had been at the camp before and then a bunch of us were brand new. So it was like a good mix and like nice to like have some help through things, just kind yeah. of figuring out how the camp works on top of figuring out how to be on camera. Um, but no, everyone's still super close. It's, it's nice. Everyone's being really supportive right now, trying to figure out like, you know, everything going on with Corona and stuff. So yeah, nice to feel like people have your back. Yeah. I'm sure it's like becomes this like very tight knit 
I mean, even summer camp, like outside of a TV show is like a very close feeling group. Like I imagine that just adds another layer onto it. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that you're adults. So right. (laughs) Sleeping in cabins together. So you're not 12 anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so I guess like, I think a big piece of this for me that I want to like tie back to the, to the start is how are you hoping or, you know, planning to kind of leverage this show and some of the exposure from that to like help grow the business or get exposure there? Like, do you think there'll be any sort of crossover? Like, what are you hoping for from that? Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I got to plan some really cool parties. Um, I think my one, my biggest thing though, is like, I don't like to take credit fully. You know, I definitely was there to help, but like, I wasn't there during the week and Gary and his team, they did so much work on this. I, I was lucky. I got to swoop in and just kind of be like an extra set of hands and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, some episodes where I get to show my skills and, um, we had some cool like private events and stuff like that go on throughout the season that you'll get to see too. So I'm hoping, you know, people will see, you know, me in action really, um, on a kind of like a small level, but, um, yeah, just, you know, brand awareness is what I need right now. So it's definitely, it should be helpful and, and hopefully I can, you know, get connected to more people and help more people throw parties that way. Are you going to remember me when you're famous? I'll definitely remember you. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Um, so uh, like where, when is this show that I think this, you know, this podcast can air on Wednesday. So when, <laughs> when can people watch the show? Where can they watch it? How can they follow you? Like what is Love it. Yeah. So, um, the show is airing, um, April 20th on Bravo. Um, just got pushed back a couple weeks, but we're still really excited about it. We just had some stuff to wrap up and there's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now. So it just felt like the right thing to do. Yep. Um, it's going to be on Bravo at 10 PM on Monday nights. All right. And yeah, if they want to follow me, BG events on Instagram is my business and you can find me from there. And yeah, I'm just really excited for people to see it. Will there be a themed watch party at any point during the course of the season? Oh, there will definitely be a watch party at one point in the season, for sure. When things come down and we are allowed to gather again, there will be one. Yes. Okay. That was what I was curious because, like, <laughs> obviously that is, it just goes, I feel like it has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'll um, be doing myself a disservice. Well, I, that's all I really have for you. I don't know if there's anything else you want to share or anything that you want to end on. It sounds like if people want to watch the show, April 20th, Bravo, 10 p.m. That's it. Yeah. Come, find, come watch Sophia run a camp of crazy adult hooligans. <laughs> Pretty much. That is it. That's a wrap. Another episode, another week in the books. We survived. We're safe. We're staying healthy. Trying our best to at least on Destination Different here in reporting live from quarantine. Um, It's weird times. There's no denying it. It's weird times. Uh, But we're doing our best to kind of keep the train moving, trying to keep things normal, keep things light. Uh, I thought this was a great episode and a huge, huge, huge thank you to Sophia. I know uh, with her schedule and literally 
starring in a television show. Um, that, you know, there's a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of scheduling things to figure out. And so I really, really appreciate her uh, figuring our time to come and sit down with me and chat through her experience, one, starting her company, but two, uh, giving a little sneak behind the curtain of what's to come with her new show, uh, Camp Getaway on Bravo. Uh, so thank you again to Sophia. I think a great episode and uh, a, a really good insight into into her world and, and what she's been up to. At the same time, thank you to all of you who are listening. I know these are kind of weird times at the moment, uh, but we're, we're in this weird space of, you know, do you create funny content? Do you create things that are helpful in some way of navigating this quarantine and lockdown and, uh, and I felt like the best thing for us and was to just kind of keep the, the podcast train rolling. And so we've got an episode this week. We're going to keep it coming next week. I think we're going to have some great interviews over the next few weeks. But if you're bored, if you're staying home, if you need something to listen to, uh, I I appreciate that of all the things that you kind of take the time to, to sit and listen to this. I really don't have much else to say. I think, again... Everybody just stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, stay away from people. Like that's really, from what I can tell, all you know, all we've been told is is the best thing that you can do right now. Um, stay home, listen to this podcast, send it to some other people who would like to listen to this podcast. But for now, we're you know just gonna kind of take this day by day at this point and and see where it takes us, and we will come out on the other side of this and. The world will be back to normal again, but for now, as we live in this sort of weird, strange limbo state, uh, just stay positive, chin up, wash your hands, that's all we can really do, and I hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode, I hope everybody's doing well, if you need anything at all, if you're feeling down, if you need somebody to talk to, if you're just feeling like, oh, I'm stuck in this apartment or this house or whatever it might be, Shoot me a text, a call, an email, uh, a DM, whatever it might be. I'm here to here to help, here to try and just, you know be a sounding board. It's strange, strange times. Nobody really knows what they're doing or how to deal with it. So everybody de- deals with it in a different way. But if you need anything at all, I am available. Uh, and just know that next week, next Wednesday, we'll be back with another episode of Destination Different. I hope everybody has a good, safe, healthy, happy week, even if you're quarantined. And, of course, as always, stay weird. I had a dream You gave me superpowers We fell in love for just a couple hours I can't tell the difference Between what's fake and what's been missing Often I'm misunderstood So I'm looking for a better me This is your love song, baby I hope that you know the words This is your love song, baby I hope that you know Take
with